hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. The Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, it's called like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right right back. He's not that Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. He- this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Dexter. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. Bashir staggered by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 44 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today, we got a guest finally back from my hiatus uh, from last week, and now we got a guest. And um, if you listened last week, you'll know that it's John Hewitt. And John was a tough dude. He fought like uh, Link Gates and the LNH and a bunch of other tough dudes, and he competed in the Black and Blue Battle of the Hockey Enforcers competition. Um, and he's also got a book go- coming out in the future, which we talk about as well. So a lot of good stuff from John Hewitt, and he's been super understanding about how, uh, you know, I was kind of delayed getting the episode out, and I apologize to him. So, uh, but overall, no, it was a good, good conversation, and we talk about all these guys he fought and played with. He was on that uh, crazy Sorrell team with guys like Morasti, uh, May Rand, and Brad Lambert on it. So. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about here. I'll keep it nice and short for you guys because I know everybody kind of came here to listen to that and not hear me yap for quite a bit here. So uh, I guess out of the way real quick, we'll just get the the quick shout outs for the uh, podcast's um, social media outlets. So, of course, we have Instagram, which is spelled out five for fighting pod. You just look that up. Uh, you'll find it there on Instagram. I post uh, all, all the social medias, I post everything that's kind of up to date with the podcast, whether the new episodes come out. Or I kind of post the, g- generally the same stuff throughout. So no matter what platform you're on, you're kind of getting the same content. Um, but yeah, so on Instagram, it's spelled out five for fighting pod over there on Facebook is the uh, the page where you can give it a like and a follow. And that's spelled out just, uh, you know, normal spaces, not like on Instagram where you don't put any spaces in it. But it's spelled out five for fighting podcast. Give it a like and a follow. You'll you'll stay up to date. I post videos on there. I'm also part of the Enforcer Appreciation Group, which we'll get to in a little bit. And last but not least for social media, we have the pod's Twitter, which is the number five and then four fighting pod. Um, I think it's too big to fit everything in there, so I had to shorten that one down with a number. But um, yeah, you so you can give the podcast a follow there. I kind of tweet probably more than anything as far as... Uh, it's a little bit more than just Facebook because... It, Twitter's a little bit more relevant as far as up-to-date stuff with hockey. Or like, I guess lot like as stuff happens, I, I see it on Twitter faster than anywhere else because I think Twitter's more so a live feed where people kind of live tweet about games. So that's kind of where I stay a lot of the times for fights and getting updates about when a fight happens or you know, clips and stuff like that. So go give the podcast a follow there. 
Um, join the Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook. As if you've been listening for a while, you'll know all about it. And basically, it's a, it's exactly what it sounds like, right? Enforcer Appreciation, all about the tough guys and enforcers from all leagues, whether it's the Quebec League, SPHL, uh, Federal League, NHL, AHL, doesn't matter. Just like the podcast, it covers everything. So. Um, if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to go back and check out some of the archives I have. I have plenty of episodes out there. Uh, again, same thing from many different leagues. I got the LNH, AHL, the United League. So I, I've had Frank Littlejohn, Frank Bialois, Jeremy Yablonski, Chris Nyland, Rob Ray, Chris uh, McAllister, Mike DeGurse, Luke Phillips. Uh, the list goes on. So I definitely encourage you to check that out. Uh, hopefully, I'll be recording a new episode with a, a guy who played kind of everywhere, even including the RHI coming up here. Uh, plan is to record with him on Saturday. Not going to say who it is, but hopefully everything goes through. Um, but if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, I appreciate it. Hopefully, you stick around and listen to all the other episodes. I apologize if you go back and listen to my early stuff. I uh, think I was a little bit nervous behind the mic when I first started, and I swear a lot. So <laughs> I do apologize for that. But, um, no, I encourage you to go check it out. You're, you're not there to listen to me anyway. You're there to uh, listen to the guy's stories. So, uh, definitely plenty in the archives. But, uh, yeah, I got an interesting cat I'm interviewing this Saturday, hopefully. So, um, as long as everything kind of stays where it is and nothing else crazy happens, as long as the the wife doesn't have anything planned, because uh, that often happens. I'll get ready to say, I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast today. No, you're not. Oh, what do we have? <laughs> so, you know how it goes. But, um no, so yeah, stick around for the podcast, and if this is your one episode you're listening to, and you know, kind of one and done, well, I appreciate you at least tuning in for this one episode. Um, last but not least, before I kind of get out of the way here, I want to give a quick shout out to the other Enforcer podcasts out there, the other usual suspects in the lineup, and of course, the original one, which is Fourth Line Voice. Darren just had an interview with Carlin Nordstrom, so I'm looking forward to listening to that one. I didn't quite get to that one today. I didn't I didn't go around as much in the truck today. I was kind of staying at the shop a lot of the day. So uh, I do a lot of my podcast listening when I'm out there uh, driving around in the field. But Darren has a hell of an archive and catalog as far as enforcers go. Steve McIntyre, John Morasti, um, the list goes on. I'm trying to think of who else off the top. Dan Kopeck, Chris Waltz, Josh Mazur. Um, Mike McWilliam, it's throw a dart and you'll hit somebody, right? So definitely encourage you to go back and check his uh, podcast out. And again, that's Darren at Fourth Line Voice, who actually just finally got into Facebook and he's already making a big splash, posting a lot in the Enforcer Appreciation Group and uh, posting pictures and everything like that. And I've been loving it so far, just like his uh, Twitter. He always posts some pictures as well. And the other one, of course, is the Islanders enforcer podcast which is joe lazito over at the coliseum chronicles um, basically joe interviews enforcers that were in the islander system whether they played in the big club or they were you know in the farm systems in the ahl or echl whatever the case is if they were part of the islander system in some way or another joe was looking to interview him and he just had on uh, Trevor Gillies. I got through a little bit of it today. Again, I was supposed to queue it up and then uh, I was actually supposed to drive a lot more today. But then, like I said, I got pent up in the, in the shop. So unfortunately I, I think I only listened. I don't even know if I got to the interview. I might've got through like the first minute of it and I had to go, uh, into the shop, unfortunately, but I will definitely be getting to it tomorrow. So definitely encourage you to check it out. Joe does a great job. Um, I know Gillies has probably been on spit and chicklets and whatever, but, uh, something tells me I can almost guarantee, his career hasn't been covered this much in depth as Joe is about to go into, because like all of us, all of us, um, 
or excuse me, like all of our shows, uh, whether it's mine, Darren, or Joe, we do very uh, extensive research into our guests. It's not just a quick Wikipedia search. Um, we take pride in this, and it shows in all of our shows, whether you think mine's the worst, that's fine, but I, I definitely know Darren and Joe put in the work and put in the effort as far as researching these guys, and we we, we, t- we take time out of our day to do it, and I, I just want to see the boys kind of get some love back for it. It's um, It, it could be challenging at times because if if you've been a fight fan for a while you'll know that drop your gloves is gone and that was kind of the bible for everything so piecing together fight cards especially guys who are in the minors you might not always have it so you got to go through line by line um of teams of that of whether you're looking for a certain year uh pim leaders division rivals so it's it can be tough and I, i'm gonna have to do that actually coming up this saturday with the guy i'm having on so um, you know, show the boys some love. Please rate and review the shows, whether it's mine, Joe's, or Darren's. Please rate and review them. It really helps our shows grow, and it will allow them to pop up easier when someone searches like hockey podcast or hockey fight on the the podcast or Spotify or um, excuse me, iTunes, I should say, um, or Google Podcast, whatever the case is, wherever podcasts are shown. Basically, all our shows are on there. But if somebody searches like hockey or hockey fight, like I said, it will pop. It's more likely to pop up and. Or be suggested if you've already clicked one and you you look at it again and or it says like you know suggested shows, um, Joe's or mine or Darren's are more likely to pop up with the more reviews and ratings we have. So uh, whether you decide to give my show one star or five stars, uh, just please review it. I appreciate it and uh, all the boys appreciate it. So, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We'll get out of the way here. I'd like to keep these under ten minutes, and so I'm trying to go back to that to where. I leave the ranting for ranting episodes or whatever the case may be. So, um, anyways, guys, we'll pass it over to the guy you came to listen to, and that is John Hewitt. So get ready for a wild ride through the LNH, the Battle of the Hockey Forces, and much more. Excuse me, and much more. So, without further ado, here he is. Here is the interview with John Hewitt. Thanks, everybody. This should be good. This should be very good. Here today on the Five for Fighting podcast on this beautiful Saturday afternoon, we have a man who participated in the Battle of the Hockey Enforcers competition. He played many years in the LNH and fought some tough, tough dudes, and that is one Mr. John Hewitt. John, how you doing today, man? Hey, pretty good, Alex. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to come onto the podcast and maybe tell some stories. Uh, you know, you fought so many dudes. It's funny going through your fight cards here. Um of course, with drop your gloves down, I get it. just a couple seasons of your LNH, and I kind of pieced together some of uh, some of the other ones through video. But man, you fought a bunch of tough dudes for sure. <laughs> yeah, the ones that I can remember, anyways. Yeah, I'm sure there's <laughs> the old memory's not too shit hot these days. But yeah, I know it was uh, quite the career, quite the ride. Uh, definitely a roller coaster ride. So yeah, interesting characters, no doubt. Absolutely. Well, I mean, so you started off out in the uh, the SJHL, but before you kind of got there, did you start off playing hockey at a young age like most Canadian kids do? Uh, yeah, like, see, like, my roots are, I'm from, you know, I was born in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, uh, home of Aaron Ashton, too. And um, <clears throat> I was born there, and I was raised in a little town, a little village, actually, of 400 people. And um, my dad had been a a junior hockey player won a championship under uh, Muzz McPherson, who gave Gretzky the number 99 in uh, Sault Ste. Marie. But uh, anyways, Muzz McPherson coached the Portage Terriers to a championship in 72-73. And my dad was a part of that team, so hockey was kind of in my DNA, I guess, and, uh, you know, among other things too. So, But, 
Yeah, so I kind of grew up playing, you know, house league hockey, grew up middle class poor, so we didn't have a lot, but uh, we had hockey, that's for sure. And um, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a lot of recreational hockey and, and uh, you know, I played up a lot too. So with uh, my brother, I had an older brother, so played with his team too as my dad coached his team. So, but yeah, it uh, before junior started, man, it was, uh, you know, Hockey was the one thing that always kind of found me. I didn't really pursue it so much, but uh, it certainly found me. But, um, you know, I uh, could never afford to play on the traveling teams. And then uh, it's actually, there's uh, two gentlemen that, that uh, changed my life and in a, in a big way. And uh, their names are Angus Moore and, um, and Todd Blight. <laughs> Todd Blight uh, is from the Portage Oakville area as well. And his, I think it was his uncle, Rick Blight, who played in the NHL as well. So um, they gave me an opportunity to play AAA midget, even though I couldn't afford it. And uh, at that time, I was seven, 16, I think, and I had already been kicked out of school and uh, kicked out of Junior B. I was playing Junior B in Sandy Bay, which is a tough Native reserve in Manitoba. And uh, I'd already had too many fighting misconducts in that <laughs> league as a young man. So, yeah, so uh, I kind of took a different, you know, path to, to junior. But and then it was unexpected that I got drafted and how I got drafted and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it was kind of, kind of a ride. Right. So, well, you, you mentioned it earlier with the fighting. You know, when did you kind of start fighting in hockey? In hockey, um, <laughs> my first hockey fight was in high school, and uh, I lost that fight, um, slipped and fell, and the guy landed on top, but we had our full cages. But, um, yeah, my first actual hockey fight um, was uh, at a Winkler Flyer camp. Um, my dad coached my brother's team, like I had mentioned before, and out of the group that he coached in a small village of 400 people, I think there was about six on my brother's team that ended up going on to play uh, uh, junior hockey and have great careers. And one of those fellas uh, was close to the family, and his name was Graham Schindel, and uh, he played Winkler Flyers uh, in the MJ. And, and they had a tough team. Kevin Holiday was on that team. Actually, Kevin Holiday was my very first fight. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he was, I think he's about four years older than me or whatever, but. I was, uh, you know, a young kid, and I came into the Winkler Flyers camp, but couldn't play. You know, I was not a great skater and um, underdeveloped, just a big, raw, tough boy. And uh, I fought um, Kevin Holiday, David Ray, and, and Cranek, and uh, three tough guys, you know, and uh, three fights in the inter-squad game. And, and uh the coach, Jeff Weiss, actually, you know, just loved me. All the guys loved me, you know, because of my character. And, you know, I showed up and dropped the gloves with these guys. But there's no way I could have played at that level. So they were going to try and sneak me onto the team throughout uh, in the next year. So, um, but that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there you I go. Ended up, um, yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, cleaned up my life. I, you know. Um, very open about my life. I was a drunk at the age of 12 and, uh, you know, um, yeah, I'd had, uh, been exposed to 
um, abuse and violence um, throughout my childhood. So, you know, the violence wasn't anything I was afraid of, per se. And at the age of 17, I, I sobered up and, uh, you know, I, I tried to, throughout my life, I've tried to maintain that sobriety. But uh, hockey and sobriety almost don't fit in the same sentence. Um, at least it didn't. It was really hard for me to try and manage that, although I did at times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was a sober 17-year-old and, and uh, I ended up getting drafted by Portage Terriers and a team that I did not want to play for. Um, and I didn't like the coach and his name was Bobby Miller. <laughs> and uh, that year we had an exhibition game against uh, Minot Top Guns. There's a, there's a team for you. Look that up if you can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Minot Top Guns was owned by, if you know, Brett, the Hitman Hart. Oh, of course. The yeah, he was part owner of that team as well as a bunch of old Regina Pat guys. And uh, so it was a pretty cool bunch. And uh, <clears throat> but, but we had played an exhibition game with them. And uh, I think uh, Reed Lowe was yeah Reed Lowe was part of their team as well as Blair Lettingham and like really big heavyweight guys <laughs> in the SJ full beards you know like men, you know? <laughs> right and uh, I slew footed that guy you know <laughs> and uh found out he was a lefty Blair Lettingham and uh yeah within a week I was sitting in the dressing room with those guys so you know uh it worked out really well I did really well that first year of junior, I went from uh, could barely skate at all to, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I played defense my whole life. So I turned forward in junior <clears throat> and um, and I ended up uh, going from couldn't skate, fourth line, uh, fought everyone uh, before Christmas. I made this list of people, I still have it, of all the guys I needed to conquer to become the, the, the heavyweight champ. And I was done by, by, uh, by Christmas. And, and by the end of the year, no one would even fight me. And, and, uh, I was on the first line with Lee Gorn who played in the NHL and, yep. and uh, we had a great, great team. We really came together at the end of the year and missed playoffs by one point. Uh, we believe Lebrett threw that game so that we couldn't get in because <laughs> we won. It was crazy. We won like 15 of our last 16 games. But uh, that year, I got scouted by uh, Philadelphia Flyers, which was the team of my choice, you know. Right. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a joke, you know. I didn't think, uh, you know, the NHL was interested in, in somebody like me. But, yeah, they, they most definitely were, and it was pretty cool. Um, I was suspended that game, so I got to sit in the stands with, uh, his name was Blair Reed, I, I think, and uh, scout out of Alberta and um that kind of changed my that introduced something into my life that uh I hadn't had before and that was fear of failure and fear of success I think more more fear of success than anything and uh yeah but I was supposed to go to Seattle Thunderbirds camp and and uh I didn't make that move I I you know made some poor choices in my life and, and relapsed and, and uh, lost that opportunity. <clears throat> but I finished my junior career. I think junior, I averaged uh, 400 penalty minutes every year. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you had four, 401 and 402 the other year. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was, I was pretty consistent <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, uh, so when I actually retired, I quit like halfway through my last year of junior. I didn't care anymore. Kind of sick of hockey, sick of everything. And, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of, uh, I, I suffer even today with complex PTSD and, and stuff from childhood and stuff from my adult life too. But, um, you know, just really, didn't have much for you know a mentor other than you know an old boxing coach rocky addison which is um a beautiful man he's 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 gone he passed away years ago but uh that man believed in me and uh you know he he worked a lot in in brandon where i live now and uh he trained guys like jeff rogers and dave Samanko and um you know, he was a really good motivational guy that uh, Golden Glove boxer, he was, you know, a tough guy. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he's seen something in me and that changed my life. So, you know, I'll always be grateful for that man and, and uh, that kind of character in life, you know, like he wasn't perfect, but man, he tried to make it. He did make a difference in people's lives. He didn't try, he just did. And, you know, you can't put a price on that. So. But uh, yeah, so he was really valuable in my life. And uh, after junior, I, I quit hockey for two and a half years, man, <laughs> you know? And uh, then I ended up cleaning my life up again, you know, and uh, getting into rehab and, and getting my life straight. And <clears throat> like I said, I've always wrestled with that throughout my life, you know? And, uh, you know, just trying to come to terms with stuff that is just, you can't make sense of, you know, still can't make sense of it, you know, because those things should never happen in life, but they do. And um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I learned young that uh, it's always good to give back. And I always knew that like, I have a quality in me that people look to me, you know, they look up to me or, you know, and, and that can be a double-edged sword, right? That can feed the eagle or that can, you know, be a lot of pressure at times, but you know, today I embrace that and, uh, and, uh, I'm grateful for those experiences and, and that responsibility and, uh, I'm up for that challenge. But, uh, I started speaking at high schools about my life, about the trauma, about addiction and, and, uh, giving back, you know, and, uh, I had ended up I was speaking in Dauphin, Manitoba, out of all places, and I ran into this guy. His name is Randy Daly. He's an old RCMP guy that uh, was a general manager and coach, I believe, at, uh, in, for the Dauphin Kings. And um, Randy heard me speak at the high school, and he got in touch with me and asked me if I was interested in... Uh, and doing in and getting a job called uh, Scout Camp Canada, and uh, this company was based out of Regina, and I forget the fellow's name. He's a real weird duck, but um, it was pretty cool because every weekend, you know, I'd fly out every Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday to a new location in the states, and really nice hotels and per diem. And I'd set up these scout camp evaluation camps and, and I'd run them. And then I would fly home at the end of the weekend. And so I did this for a year. 
and uh you know met a lot of other interesting guys that you know there were junior uh coaches and junior ex-players and stuff that also worked for this company and and uh but i was out in denver colorado of all places running a camp there and uh i ran into a player agent his name is andrew sherman and andrew was also an ex-professional hockey player too and he had played with a guy named Pat Bingham. And Pat Bingham was the coach at that time um, for for Asheville Smoke. Um, the old, uh, yeah, the old IHL or the United League, I think is. Yep, the old United League. That, yeah, the old, I think that's right when they switched. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Uh, I think that was like right when they switched from the Colonial League to the United League. That, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, because wasn't it there Bradford? Wasn't it Bradford Smoke at one time too? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, I think that's when he played for them. But yeah, he was an ex-player too, and and uh, but uh, liked his tough guys. <clears throat> so after uh, you know two and a half years of zero hockey, um, yeah, I decided to to walk on to a camp and. Uh, yeah, all those fears. Hey, can I still play? And hey, can I still fight? <laughs> you know, and I could, you know, and um, my first game uh, was against uh, Knoxville and I'd fought in uh, Randy uh, Vandenberg, some old, older vet guy with the old Jofa helmet. And, and actually, I fought my friend Brian Rasmussen. And we and Brian <laughs> didn't know well, maybe Brian knew. I think he knew and he wasn't saying anything because I kind of gave it to him. <laughs> but it's funny because I always felt left out. All my friends today are guys that I fought, right? My best friends are guys that I fought. And I always was mad. I was like kind of left out that that Brian, I call him bruh, that uh, that we hadn't fought. And then I, I, I was watching it on the VHS my dad died a year ago, uh, just about a year ago, and I got all these VHS tapes, and I'm like, "That's fucking Brian." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see, he, you know, the refs get in there and he tries to sucker me, and then I come over top and hammer him, and uh, he had to go get stitches, and it was pretty funny though, because he actually beat the shit out of one of our guys right before that. So I was coming to get, you know, he helped solidify my position on the team, basically. And uh, then I had one more game uh, that we played against Fayetteville, uh, Fayetteville Force. And there was Marty Melnichuk on that team. And, oh, and the meat few, grinder. Uh, there was Melnichuk and I think who's that lefty? He was in the hockey enforcers too, the lefty. What the hell's his name? Shit, now you got me trying to think. The um, lefty. Um, he played in the Quebec in Quebec too. Rushton? Yeah, I fought him twice. Yeah, because he jumped uh, Bogdan Rodanko, and that was like Pat's son, like messing with one of Pat's kids. And you, you know, so I mean, that was my opportunity. I fought, you know, three times in one game. I I picked the fight with Marty Melnichuk in the 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 daytime at the you know the skate because <laughs> they, they came out to watch us skate and he came out without a shirt on, you know, cause he's just jacked. Oh yeah. And I started, started cracking steroid joy, jokes. And so I was picking my fight. I, something I love to do. I always love to pick a fight. I'm going to fucking fight anyways. Right. And I might as well get in that guy's fucking head now, you know, and, and, you know, 
I, not very many people had to ask me ever to fight. You know, it was usually I was the aggressor in my life. And, and you know, I think you look at my stats, I average almost two fights a game in my fucking career. And guys can say whatever they want about me too, right? It's like, I know, you know, when I hit a guy, you know, I know that I'm one of those guys that hurt people. But, you know, I wasn't all there when I fought, right? And, you know, there's some guys that have that extra gear or that other level and, and uh, there's, you know, there's guys that are tough and then there's guys that are scary tough. And like, you know, you know, when you're going up against Gates or fucking Cote or Sugden or Terrio, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, this can change my life. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, but uh, I had a good fight against Marty and there's a funny story. And uh, it's actually in my book. I wrote a book. I'll tell you about that later. But yep. Um, imagine you know you, you have these three good fights and and you know i'm all marked up and i go to the bus and there's marty standing right by the bus you know big marty melnichuk and i'm thinking oh fuck here we go like you know he's upset and he wants he wants a piece of me right because like i'm that guy too right if i'm fucking mad i'm gonna find you at the bus in the washroom i don't care where and uh but no, he was there and he just wanted to shake my hand. <laughs> so like fucking class act, class, you know, like I have a lot of respect for that guy. And, uh, you know, it was really cool of him to do that, you know, especially it was my first year. Right. And uh, yeah, it was a good fight we had, you know, it was really good. But that solidified my job on that team. I basically paid to play my first year. It was, a, you know, I just basically wanted to be a part of something bigger than me. You know, and uh, that's why I cringe. You see guys today bitching about their contracts and bitching and bitching and bitching and bitching and bitching. They're playing fucking pro sports, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, go work some of the jobs that I fucking work, you know, or, or grow up the way I grew up, you know? And it's like, you know, you got a fucking privilege here and an opportunity. And I don't see enough of today's, you know, fucking hockey players or sports people or, you know, they don't do enough sorry you know and, and you know i or maybe they do and i just don't hear about it but you know it's like i'd like to see more you know and i think guys get paid a lot too way too much money to play a sport you oh know? yeah and with, well, with guys like yourself and you know marty Chuck and everything like that you know it's not like you're making nhl money or even ahl money at that point back in the old u-haul league so uh, people should be appreciative for it, especially today's players. And the, you see a lot of it, unfortunately. But, um, you know, going back to Asheville, I got to ask you about a couple teammates you had. Um, two of them I've had on the podcast, um, and those two are Tom Wilson and Bruce Watson. What was it like <laughs> playing with those two? <laughs> well, Bruce was my roommate. So, uh, yeah, at the start and um, – yeah, Waddy, he's a funny guy. We used to, you know, run a bunch of uh, the, the you know, we'd teach kids and shit like that. So it was me and him doing a lot of the PR stuff. People really loved the guy. And I know he had some trouble that year, and I tried to help him with, you know, the because I was clean and sober, I tried to help him with that. I think Pat really looked to me to try and be that guy for every, you know, and, and that was a lot of pressure on a guy like me, you know, because – you know, I'm trying to take care of myself and, and, you know, it's hard to try and take care of everyone else too, you know, and, um, but yeah, I tried and 
and uh, Tom, you know, Bruce could fucking hammer guys. He could shoot a puck. Like, I think uh, if he would have really buckled down, he, you know, he really could have made it, you know? And, you know, it's just, uh, and then there's Tommy. I mean, Tommy was a soldier, you know, and uh, tough. Like, he'd fight all day, every day. And, you know, and uh, good teammate, you know, and uh, a guy that you can trust, you know, to be there for you. So, yeah, really good guys, you know, and, and uh, had a lot of fun with those guys. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, we should have won that year, plain and simple. You know, plain and simple, we should have won, but we didn't. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah man, if Bruce, I, I've seen Bruce, like, man, he, he, you know, he's tough as a fighter, but you, you'd rather get hit by a punch than one of his body checks because he really changed <laughs> Just, you know, like he hit hard. <laughs> just a fucking Mack truck, eh? Oh, man. Like, fucking, you wouldn't believe, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a lot of fun talking to uh, talking to Watson on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, he he couldn't believe it. Like, I we would get uh, fucking cheeseburgers at the end of uh, these sessions, and they he'd send his girlfriend or whoever, and I would eat, like, 11 cheeseburgers. No bullshit. You know, and he would just be amazed at like how I was so in shape all the time, right? And like genetics, right? Like, I mean, I, I worked hard too, but I mean, he's got a little different genetic setup than I do, I think. So. <laughs> oh yeah, and he still posts on, uh, I think it's Instagram, and you can, you can go see him there, and he's still just working out and crushing these big ass meals all the time, still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, another teammate I got to ask you about you that you had on that uh, that Asheville team was Blue Benefield. What was it like playing with him? Man, Blue! Like, come on, really? A guy named Blue right around the time of old school? Right. I oh, mean, how how many times? How many times was he your boy? <laughs> this is the story. Okay, There's like, when? Where else does this happen? So I haven't played in two and a half years. I have this uh, truck, a 91 Chevy Blazer. I don't know if you know what those look like, but they're monster trucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I remember the old, old square body looking. Oh, yeah. Square, right. And I got these massive tires on it. Like, I'm a fucking hillbilly. And uh, big stereo in this sucker. And uh, I'm driving this thing to Asheville, North Carolina. But Pat calls me, and he's like, hey, Johnny, do you mind? I, I got this guy from fucking Alberta, uh, I'm sending him on a bus to your place and you guys can drive up together. <laughs> What's his name? Blue. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, Blue Benefield shows up at my house at like, you know, I don't know what time, it was late and, you know, put him to bed and then get him in the vehicle and total stranger. Right. And, uh, he had just gotten out of junior and I hadn't played in two and a half years. So we're both rookies. And, uh, but yeah, he's an entertaining guy just to say the least. Like he's, uh, he's a smart guy, but he plays dumb a lot and he's lots of fun. So, uh, but good, good player, you know, he's a, a good player and, you know, lucky we both made the team, but it was funny on the way up. I, I drove 36 hours straight. Oh, no shit. break. Well, yeah. And I, you know, I was seeing shit at the end and blue is sitting there sleeping and, <laughs> you know, I'm driving 36 hours straight, man. Three days or yeah. 36 hours. 
it was nuts. But uh, yeah, we got there okay and made the team. The joys of driving to minor pro hockey back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, the, the next year, you actually end up in the Central League. And so were you on El Paso or were you on Wichita first? Because sometimes it'll mix up the timelines there. Yeah, no, I started in Wichita. And, um, yeah, with under with Jimmy Lattish was the, the coach. And, um, yeah, that was 9-11, right? That was that year. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, it was kind of a crazy summer before hockey anyways. Like, um, but yeah, once we got into hockey there, I started in Wichita. I think I played 17 games there. I think we won maybe one of those games. <laughs> and like, Jimmy loved me, right? Like, Jimmy's a Saskatchewan boy and he's tough. His nickname Knuckles, you know, and, uh, you know, he was a tough player. And, um he liked his tough players and I did my job every night. I did my job, right? Like I fought two, three times. Sometimes like I fought a lot. And, and especially when you're losing, right. You're, you're, it seems like you fight more when you're losing. At least I did anyways. And, Cause you know, a, I'm trying to get my team going and then B, I don't want to fucking be on the bench because we're assholes, you know? And, um, you know, so I would get my, <laughs> my fights in and get ejected, but he came on the bus and, you know, like I remember him putting the bottle down and, you know, sitting there and drinking with me and, you know, he felt so bad having to trade me and I respect him and I believe him, you know, and I, I've had some moments in time in hockey, you know, where you're lied to, you know, and, and, and I, I hate that. I hate that shit. Right. And he was honest you know, and up front and he needed people that could put the puck in the net. And I, that's not my job. You know, I never prepared for that. I never tried to, you know, play that role ever, you know, like I knew what my job was. I took it very seriously and, you know, <clears throat> I never said no, you know, my pride was so fucking big. I never could, I could never say no. And, um, but yeah, so after 17 games, um, I got traded to El Paso. I think it was that. And then um, I was there for 10 games in El Paso. They were like a first or second place club. And what a shitty place to play, let me tell you. Like, <laughs> I mean, fuck, they, they got a hockey team there. and But like, it's crazy. I go there and there's this guy, Corey Herman who I played junior with or against and he's there and I'm like, well, he's the Zamboni driver. And, uh, then there's this famous bar called Bombardier's, you know, and it's this crazy fucking place with bikers and, and, uh, you're on, you're, you're on the border. So the worst border crossing in all of USA. So there's shootings every fucking night. Like we went to this one strip club where we we're like, yeah, we're going to meet at the Prince or whatever it was called. And, and, uh, you know, guys that beat us there. We came back from a road trip and we we're going to rush there and go for a beer. And uh, so the guys went before us, got in. We show up and there's like police, ambulance, fire truck. You're not allowed in there. And, you know, like there was a massive shooting. They walked in and then somebody walked in to the strip club and, you know, emptied the clip and ran away. And it's scary because, you know, 
you can you can do anything and and they'll they'll let you walk into mexico no problem you know but you know going the other way it's a little different but uh you know they would just send people over and they would to do their bidding and then they would run back to mexico so it was a uh, kind of a different year and i think that's the year that uh, my coach trent eigner got arrested with 100 pounds of pot in his basement and i think <laughs> Lee Davidson is a little bit of a crazy guy and and uh you know he liked his tough guys and he was in you know into the party scene there quite a bit but he owned a trucking company so I don't know there's a little bit of something going on there uh, <laughs> I'm not everything to say <laughs> but yeah anyways uh my girlfriend was in Wichita at that time and and uh we were gonna have a baby so um I ended up moving back to Wichita finished the season there yeah, and uh, that's when I received my 17-game suspension that uh, that encouraged me to go elsewhere. What'd you get? Uh, what'd you get the uh, suspension for? Um, we had a brawl. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dallas Anderson, but but yes. I am. And, uh, for uh, being six foot five, like this guy's a Manitoba boy too, and there's not too many people that if I seen on the street today that I wouldn't walk up and slap. You know, but he's one of them. Like, like he's such a coward. Like I've never seen somebody as coward as that in life. And um, he went after a goalie, and and it was just really cheap. So I ended up leaving the penalty box. We had a line brawl, and uh, you know, our, my goalie was little, little, little Stan Reddick. Like, come on, like you're gonna beat up him? The guy's an icon. And uh, so I lost my mind. I think I hurt Craig Benz pretty bad in that brawl, you know. But the thing is, guys don't realize, like, if if you let somebody up or let up on somebody, you know, then it's <laughs> you could be on the bottom, you know. It's a it's a really different different thing when you're in it, you know. It's like you can say you wouldn't do something all you want until it uh, presents itself, and uh, you know. But yeah, I got a 17-game suspension because of that asshole and my actions and uh, my bad reactions. <clears throat> so I was going to go to uh, play with Kirk Tomlinson uh, in uh, Flint, Michigan the next year. I was going to switch leagues again. And then the league commissioner changed over to the United League. And then he made a U.S. suspension so I couldn't go to any league in the States. Oh, and wow. nobody was gonna pay, nobody was gonna pay for for me to to uh, to sit 17 games. I mean, you're you're playing a 64 game schedule, you know. So if I was Wayne Gretzky, that may be a little different story. But uh, you know, when you're the tough guy, and uh, during that time, I've been getting phone calls left and right from a guy named Tony Charcello and a few other different people and uh <laughs> really candid uh people man you know and uh promising you know envelopes of cash to show up and and uh just to check it out and and uh you don't even have to play and, and that's what was uh that's how it started for me in the lnih and uh yeah so i took him up on that offer and i was just going to go there and check it out and I watched one game. I, well, I got there. I got to Quebec in Saint-Jean. 
And first of all, they picked me up in a limo, <laughs> you know, and, and like half naked girls and, and, you know, pick you up at the limo and an envelope of cash and, you know, fucking Montreal Alouette cheerleaders. And, you know, it's, this isn't, you know, <laughs> and, and the guys are, and then it's like, finally, you know, finally you're getting, you know, noticed for fucking being the show. Like, I mean, Every year as a fan favorite, there's, you know, there's, I'm sure it pissed people off, you know, because, fuck, I'd only get three or four shifts a game and they're chanting my name at the end of the game, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah, but, you know, you go there and I just remember, you know, running into uh, Kevin Holiday. He was on his way out at that time, but he was there. And uh, it was kind of funny because I hadn't seen him since... <sighs> since I fought him, I think, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I, I see this guy, this big goon, Dino, Dean, the machine mayor, and bopping around, you know, and, uh, you know, I go in the dressing room and I look and I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, usually I'm the big guy, right? Like, I mean, I'm not that tall, but I'm, I'm strong. Like I'm always like in shape. And I walked in this room and, you know, I, you know, at that time, I think it was like six to 235 pounds. And I looked around and it's like Sasha Lakovic, Stephen McIntyre, Dean Mayeran, uh, fucking Ronnie Valenti, uh, Aaron Bow, um, like Moss, like big <laughs> man, like, fuck man. I'm like, I'm home, you know? Like I'm home. I've I've gone to the place where I belong, Quebec, you know, and I still feel that way today. It's like those people have a grasp on reality and how to live, and uh, you know, it's too bad that English guys don't take the time to like learn their culture and their language because they're fucking awesome. Let me tell you, they're great people, and I think as Western, you know, Canada could learn a lot from those people, and vice versa. You know, but it's always so divided, you know, it's like this fucking COVID thing, this pandemic, you know, it's, they want division, you know, they don't want us to come together because then we're going to beat them, you know? <laughs> right. So, but uh, we won't get into that, will we? No, 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 dude. <laughs> no, yeah, just, be, just be hockey it's here, man. Hockey. <laughs> yeah. Hockey, right? um, okay. Well, so, well, you said that you watched just one game from them. What was it like watching that first game? of uh because it was the mission at the time it was terrible it was terrible because i wanted to be a part of it you know right <laughs> but it was uh it wasn't a, like a crazy game you know it, it wasn't like out of control um I, you know there was a couple of fights but nothing i don't even really remember you know what i do remember i remember the first game i played and i remember my first home game especially Oh, hold on. I got a puppy here and it's stuck. No, oh, no worries. He's getting too big. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good looking dog, though. Yeah, he's going to be a tank. Um, yeah, so my first game was against uh, Sorel, I think, and I ended up fighting. He doesn't think it was me, but I know it was Jamie. It was Jamie Linus when I fought at JP Charbonneau. I think that was my first game. And. Uh, both good fights. I remember, like, Jamie, especially Jamie, you know, like, he's a lengthy fighter. Like, everyone's got their different styles, and, and he, he, you know, he wants to take into the deep waters, right, and, and you know, make the fight last. And, you know, 
I was never used to that. You know, like I'm going to finish the fight in like two seconds, you know, right. I'm going to take it or it's over, you know, or, or I'll be struggling to get my balance <laughs> to do it again, you know, or whatever. But, um, yeah, my first home game was, uh, against Granby and I fought Link Gates and, uh, I remember the bench. I remember, <laughs> I remember everyone knew we were playing against Link Gates, you know, it was pretty right. quiet. Even for a big, you know, we had a lot of tough guys. It was pretty quiet. And uh, I looked at it as an opportunity for me because, you know, you know when you're the new guy anywhere, right? Like you want to make an impression, right? And uh, and we had been scored on, I think, and they sent out Link Gates. And I looked to Tony Charcello, this Italian guy, and I'm like, hey, Tony, I'm up. And he's like, Hewitt. He's like, do you know who that is? It's Link Gates. <laughs> he's like fuck Tony you think I'm here to score goals and you should have seen the guys they're like fuck no let him go let him go you know <laughs> you know like yeah okay let him go and and yeah it was good you know I, I had a good fight against Link and and uh you know I wanted to fight Link twice but I got on the ice again and I fought uh Jesse Grenier so you know another good guy I actually had you know the opportunity to play with too good guy and um but yeah, it's uh, it was interesting because I kind of had a break. You know, I played uh, that year was crazy for me because, like, I was a new guy and you know new to the league too. And you know, prior to that year, I'd been in one bench clearing brawl, and it made you know world news. It was a big thing. It was. Uh, uh, Asheville Smoke versus Knoxville, and you know, uh, Alan Savage just baseball swung my buddy uh, Bogdan Rodanko and fucking hit him in the head, you know, with a stick. Could have killed him, you know. It was gross. And now, you know, we had a big brawl, and uh, that it was Super Bowl Sunday. There was like 200 people in the stands. It was hilarious. Yeah, but uh, that made a lot of news. And then I get to Quebec. And fuck, I'm in three before Christmas. <laughs> right. Like three bench clearing brawls before Christmas. And I remember the one I was in St. Saint. And like I fought, I think three times, man. Three times, I think I counted. I, I got it on video. I th fought three times. And then, you know, I'm in the dressing room after. I'm taking off all my stuff and my hand is huge, man. Like if you see my hands, like my right hand is double the size of my left and, and <laughs> I'm taking my stuff off and Tony comes back in the room and he's like, you good. What are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm done. I'm taking my shit off. And he's like, you're starting line. Another <laughs> 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 two fights, man. I fought, I had to fight uh, LaBelle, I think again. And Ta I don't know, Tasker. I don't know. Oh, I was going to ask you about, uh, I was going to ask you about Tasker. Cause that, that fight, actually your Link Gates fight is on there. And you actually do pretty well against uh, Link Gates. Um, you can get, people can go check that fight out on YouTube. Um, and your Tasker one is on there as well. And funny, actually funny story. This Jersey that I'm wearing, the Granby Predators one right here. It's the one Link Gates wore that night too. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it. it's the it's the Link Gates gamer, but um, yeah, you did pretty good against both Gates and Tasker in both those fights there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I hit hard, man, and 
I actually, I talked to Kenny because I was writing my book and, and uh, that, you know, he's in it. I, as far as, as far as tough guys, man, like that guy can take a hit, man. Like, and that's scary in itself. Like I fought after that fight, we fought again. You, we have it on a different video. I, I can't find it on the net, but I have it on a DVD somewhere. That guy's a trooper, man. Like, I'm like that. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that's going back out with fucking stitches in to get him ripped back open. That was me all through my career because I can't stand, you know, if somebody gets better than me, I got to get it, you know, got to get back, got to get back. And he was that guy. I remember, like, passing him to the ref at the end of that fight, and he was just covered in blood. Like, the guy can take a beating and, uh, you know, <laughs> but we were laughing we were on the phone and he's like yeah i've been teaching my son the overhand uh the overhand thor punch the hammer <laughs> the human hammer he said yeah he's like fuck i didn't know what hit me when i was fighting you <laughs> That's but great. yeah he's tough, man. he's a tough guy man like and i have a lot of respect for that guy and and guys like that you know like uh, trevor sen too you know like yep. he taught me my best the most valuable lessons in all of hockey and and uh like yeah he crushed my septum and you know and uh taught me to never take anyone lightly because you know like it was my first year pro and and through junior i used to let guys hit me you know i'd laugh i'd fucking let them hit me and then i'd wait till they're tired and then i'd give them one or two and it'd be over that style had to change pro <laughs> 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 oh, man like because guys can hit harder, right? And and that's where you're you gotta not be so one-dimensional and get some other tools in your toolbox. But uh I had beaten Trevor Sen up. We had a home and home against Adirondack in Asheville, and it was the start of the year, and I was kinda, you know, I was like, you know, because when you don't play for two and a half years, and then all of a sudden you're like, no fuck, I got it still, you know. <laughs> right you know kind of like a bit of a rooster walk around the dressing room you know <laughs> kind of strutting my shit and and uh the boys were really good to me and um you know because i that's what i came there to do and um so <clears throat> we we played adirondack and and i was so geared up to fight trevor and everyone warned me about him you know he had the old jofa helmet which you know was grandfathered in so he played like 10 years pro by this time and and uh so we fought in between the first and second period because neither one of us got a shift and i was beaking them and we just said fuck it and we fought and i i got the better of them right and i was like yes you know inside i was like yes and it wasn't that hard you know because everyone warned me you know and i was like that wasn't even that hard so the next night i was like fuck i'm gonna knock this guy out you know, like right. I really him, and uh, you know, and yeah, I went in to give him one, and uh, he timed me and uh, changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been knocked out, never been knocked out in a fight, but uh, that's the closest. And I wish I would have been knocked out. You know, that's the thing about when you're when you can take punches. There's sometimes you wish like. I've been beat up by, you know, several men, you know, growing up and some extreme violence, you know, and to be awake for it, you remember everything, you know, so 
it would have been nice to be asleep, you know, <laughs> but uh, fuck, we went out that night. It was hilarious. Cause Bruce, Bruce Watson, you know, he's my roommate and he's like trying to put these fucking Oakley sunglasses on so I could go to the bar. And it was like, man, my whole side of my face was purple and well, big swan. Couldn't even get the glasses on my face. So yeah, I, needless to say, I didn't pick anything up that night, you know, other than maybe a cold. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, my septum, I still can't breathe through that nose. But I uh, I reached out to Trevor and told him that too. But after that, I never took anyone lightly again in my life, you know. So you just can't. You just can't. Right, exactly. You know, and that's the thing with the role of, you know, hockey fighting um, and enforcing you could get beat. Anybody could get beat any given night because it's a little bit different than uh, boxing. I, I mean, I guess you could probably stick it with boxing too because even Tyson gets beat. Um, but in that role, especially with with ice hockey, there's so much different, um, you know, th- factors that lead into the fight. Whether it's you know how the ice condition is or where you're able to get the initial grab on the jersey. So, uh, like you said, any given night somebody can get beat absolutely it's you know we're all one punch away right and and uh that's what i i i'm actually training a a boxer right now he's a pro boxer i'm training him for his first bodybuilding show because that's something that uh was a progression for me after hockey to get into bodybuilding (laughs) but uh um geez there we go i'm trying to chase my dog here at the same time oh no sorry guys (laughs) yeah uh but yeah like we talk with with fighting i mean even in boxing you're one punch away the only thing that's really different in hockey is that you're put in more vulnerable positions right like you got your sure footing when you're in a ring and i've i've done both so i can talk about that but in hockey you know, you blow an edge, you slip, you know, you can be in a pretty fucking vulnerable position to get, you know, a 260-pound man, you know, <laughs> rain and bare knuckles on you, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so. Well, you know, a couple of guys I got to ask you about because you know you had that first year out in St. Jan uh, that you fought as well, and they were on the infamous Laval Chiefs. Um, you fought Mike Bajerni and Matthew Rabby. <laughs> Mike Bajerni, that's my best man, man. That's the uh, me and Badger. That's we got quite a story. Gonna talk about that here right now. <laughs> oh dear. First of all, I'll I'll, I'll talk about Rabbi. Rabbi for a big man, and he's so strong. He's so scared, <laughs> so scared to get hit, like. He's such a big, like, man, that guy, we're lucky. We're lucky he didn't have, like, a crazy mean streak in him, you know, because I think if he was, yeah, he could do a lot of damage. But he just, I don't think he really wanted that role, you know. And, uh, but Mike Bajerni, (laughs) Mike Bajerni, I used to hate I met him at center ice and I was against Laval Chiefs, my first, our first game. <clears throat> and I had no idea what we're in for, right? 
And I'm doing my center ice, you know, skating around and warm up. And this guy keeps looking at me. And, you know, you know <laughs> who looks tough. And, fuck, the whole team looked tough. But Mike kept making <laughs> eye contact with me. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? You know, I said to him, and he's like, well, who the fuck are you? And uh, now it's on, right? We're at center ice, and all the other, you know, players come in. And, oh, yeah, we picked our fight before the game. So I'm in the dressing room. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> I'm like, who is that guy? And, you know, uh, I think Bozy, Mayran, I think those guys knew him. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's tough. And, you know, that's Mike Majerny. And, well, I don't care. I'm going to fucking give it to him. And, you know, it ended up, uh, I think I fought Mike more than anyone in my career. Um, that first fight that we had, like, that's the style I hate. <laughs> I hate guys that want to, like, wrestle like just fucking grab on and go but i don't know it was uh he's so strong he's such a strong guy and you know <laughs> we had a lot of good fights we had uh i think maybe five that year maybe and um yeah so <laughs> i hated him more than anyone until i met him my second stint because i went home uh after my second year, I went home for, I think, a year and a half, I think. That's when Brashear was in the league. I miss Brashear. So, yeah, it was I that lockout get... 04 05 season you, uh, you you skipped out on. Yeah, I had uh, knee surgery. My dad got diagnosed with cancer. I came home. I had knee surgery. Plus, I had, uh, you talk to anyone, I, I used to be called the albino rhino because I had this fucking horn, like an actual horn on the center of my forehead. <clears throat> so when I would take my helmet off to fight, you'd see this big horn, you know, like a big golf ball sized lump. And, uh, you know, people's eyes, they just light up. <laughs> what is that? You know? And so I lived deformed for a lot of years, you know, and I finally got that fixed. It was a skull fracture that had a cyst form in it. And yeah, I never could get it fixed because I played in the States. So I'd come home for a few months and that was never enough time to get it fixed. But it wasn't a big deal when I had hair. <laughs> but, but, you know, that went pretty quick for me. So uh, I made the uh, bald look cool. I think I beat uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin to it, but uh, I'll let him have it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... Uh, it was awesome when I came back, you know, to, you know, to not have that anymore. And, uh, I'd also taken care of some emotional damage in my life. So when I came back for my second round of, uh, of hockey in Quebec, I was a different person. So. <clears throat> oh yeah. And but that's, I, that second stint, I gotta, you know, this, just this team alone that you had with the mission was tough. You guys had, you had yourself, Darcy Johnson, uh, some guy named John Morasti, people might have heard of him, uh, Alex Dandino, Dean Mayran, and Brad One Punch Lambert. What a team that was. Yeah, and it was, was Renard on that team? Or no? Was Renard, Renard, on Renard was on there, for, but Hockey DB or was it Elite Prospects had him on there just for a couple games. I think he was there the, the year before. Yeah, no, it was a tough team, man. And it was kind of funny how uh, everything that kind of. Man, in my life, and that's why I wrote a book. It's like everything happened in my life 
it's just, I did nothing to do it. It just, all the time things happen to me or open up for me. And uh, <laughs> it's like uh, being in the hockey gladiators. Okay. Like I wasn't supposed to be in that. And uh, the original one years before that I was going to be in, but I hadn't played for two and a half years or a year and a half or whatever it was. Or no, yeah, 15 months I didn't play. And uh, I ended up coming back to Quebec to play in the semi-pro league, which is like not the LNH, but the other league there. Right. My friend owned a team in Saint-Jean. And Steve Basset was on that team. So, yeah, I was like, me and Steve are friends. Fucking right, so going to come there. <coughs> Dean Mayran lives in Saint-Jean. So I, I came in touch with Dino. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, fuck, I'm training for this hockey gladiators. <laughs> it's in a week or whatever, you know? And I'm like, well, okay, right on. And uh, so we're catching up. Uh, I think his wife had just left him, or, you know, whatever. So he was, you know, alone in this house. And he's like, fuck, man, why don't you just move here? I was like, okay, yeah. So now I've gone from, you know, living in a hotel to... You know, now I'm living with Dino, uh, who, uh, you know, I'm really good friends with before, you know, played with him before. Things are looking up. And uh, then he's on the phone with Daryl Woloski from Brandon here, who, who started that hockey gladiators. And <clears throat> he's like, oh, fuck, Lyndon Byers failed his physical. We need a guy now. Dean's on the phone with Daryl. He's like, well, I got Johnny Hewitt sitting on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm serious. This is exactly how it happened, man. Like I was selling cars a fucking month before I was on that fucking thing. And uh, just keep in mind too, I had a broken back. I broke my back in 2002 and it went undetected until 2009. Holy shit. So I just, yeah, no, it's a fucking real true story. I got all the proof in the world, but um, crazy. So <laughs> I'm in this, I'm on a plane. I had to leave right away because I had to get my physical done so I could be in this fucking hockey gladiators. And I wasn't in shape, you know, at all. You know, hadn't trained, hadn't done nothing. No skating. I had brand new skates out of the box. Yeah, the box. I was just watching like the clips of it. It's funny because like in your little segment or the interview, you come up and you do a quick stop. You're like, yeah, I got brand new skates on. Just got them for this like my second time on the ice with them. <laughs> you know, and I, I fuck as a fighter, like you want your edges. You need to feel comfortable. If your equipment's not right, you're fucked. And I felt fucked, you know. So I just want people to know like, man, like <laughs> those guys were lucky I wasn't in shape. <laughs> you know it's like jason bone fuck man i caught up with him later <laughs> you know like i caught up with him in quebec you know and a little different story then but uh you know even fucking a broken clock is right twice a day so you know sometimes people win you know and uh but yeah um that was still fun it was crazy i'm glad i did it <clears throat> And uh, I ended up in this book. I got some uh, customer. I sold vehicles, and this customer from Boisevain, in a small town, brought me this book. It's called Canada's People, 2005. And I'm in that book 
with Wayne Gretzky and all these other famous people. And there's me with Kent Carlson and Dean Mayran <laughs> for the hockey gladiators, you know, <laughs> Canada's people. Yeah. Right on. What did yeah, you think of like so- the uh, the uh, like event overall? Like you know you had to wear the MMA gloves, and I I think it would have done a lot better had had they not had like the helmet rule if because yeah. that stopped the fight so often. I know there was a lot of politics going into that, but yeah, that's the helmet sucked. Yeah, stupid, retarded. Um, yeah, I mean, but whatever. I mean, how do you? Uh... How do you do that? Like, I don't know. I don't know all the loopholes. I wasn't a part of it. I don't know how difficult. I know it was difficult to get off the ground. So, but I mean, I think there should have just been at some point, you just put the rules aside and let the boys go, you know, (laughs) but. uh, Did you have any interactions with Link Gates? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, me and Link. I've had a bit of interaction with him on the ice and off the ice. And uh, Link was fine with me. You know, he's. You can tell, you know, like he's special, you know, and there's people that are special and you just got to fucking treat people, you know, how how they want to be treated, especially, you know, when they're people like that, you know, and it's just, you got to be aware, you know, because there's stories out there, but, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I really enjoyed Pat Cote fucking love the guy. He's a big kid, you know, and, uh, People probably think I'm fucking crazy and scary and I, I'm a big kid. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I, he was fun. He was fine. You know, uh, <laughs> he was no different than anyone else in the after party, except I think he had a manager, somebody to take care of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> which he probably needs, oh, you know? Link. Yep. <laughs> probably could use a couple of security guards to save him from himself, you know? But, uh, you know, we can all be like that if we, you know, are that honest with ourselves at times, I think. so. Oh, for sure. But, uh, yeah, he's a special person, Blake. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, and then another time he fucking baseball swung at my head with his stick. And all I was doing was asking him to fight. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess he didn't want to go away, you know. I don't know. Yeah. So I thought I was going to have to club him. One question I want to ask you um, about the event. And I actually, I've talked to, I had Mike Segroy on the podcast a while back. And I know Dean Mayrand was on uh, my buddy Darren at Fourth Line Voice, uh, his podcast. Um, So it's kind of funny. Who do you think won that fight? Because for me, I think it could have been, I'm not like, if they would have said Mike. Oh, I'm going to say Dino all day. You're going to say Dean all day? Because I could, know, I could see if they said Segroy, I couldn't be like, oh, that's you know, that's bullshit. I don't but think like fucking the fight that was more, you know, maybe I don't know on the fence was the fight with him and uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Derek uh, Parker? I fucking hate that guy, but yeah, him. I'm <laughs> 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 in the fucking stands. He's just one of those people that I just cannot stand on, like ego or something's out of whack with him. And uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, it's probably had nothing to do with my attitude because I'm perfect, you guys. Oh, exactly. <laughs> All of us are, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I just never really had any respect for that guy on or off the ice, and I fought him many times, and uh, that's the thing I could never understand. He's not tough. He doesn't throw hard. You know, he doesn't hurt people. Why does he get all the recognition? But I guess uh, if you get in that many fights, I guess that's what you get. So <clears throat> I don't know. 
Well, so, you know, we mentioned the teammates earlier that were on, uh, you know, the mission that you had on there. But what was it like playing with John Morasty, man? Johnny? Yeah, you know what? I, Johnny, um, yeah, he was good. It was good. It, you know what? It was uh, odd. It was odd because imagine that you're the guy your whole life, right? And then, you know, at least one or two, and then you're on that team. And, you know, I was the older... I'm an old, old guy at that time. I'm at the end of my career, you know, and I'm in the room and there's Dino and there's Johnny and, you know, and Johnny was the guy that wanted to be, you know, first out of the gate. Right. And I was kind of fucking jealous of that, you know, <laughs> but it's kind of nice too, because you know what? I mean, fuck, you don't have to do it all yourself. Right. And yep. the guy's an absolute beauty. You know, he's a warrior. And uh, you know what? I have uh, something in me that's called honesty that maybe some people don't. And uh, I know what envy looks like in my life, you know? And to be around people like uh, alpha men like Dean and and uh, and Johnny and to not, you know, I'm an alpha too. So, I, of course, I want that attention that, you know, that they got, you know? But... Uh, it was uh it was interesting because you know he was just a good guy you know and you could tell that he was going somewhere else you know that this you know he wasn't trying to make a career out of fucking quebec you know but uh you know he uh, i'm super happy that he made it as far as he did um i do talk to him from time to time he's a very supportive person and I appreciate that. He's also, uh, you know, I'm Métis. I, I don't look Native. But uh, so, yeah, I, I uh, appreciate what he does for the community where he is. And, and uh, I see what, uh, you know, I see who who's who in life, you know. You know, everyone puts on a good show. But he's a genuine and a good person and that cares about people. And, uh, and that's usually the case with tough guys, you know. And, uh, you know, I... I uh, it was kind of interesting, to be honest, to be on this team. Like, fuck, it was entertaining, too, because, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was good. Oh, for sure. Um, so, you fought so many guys. This was, luckily, uh, Hockey Fights had a lot of your fight card this year. And just going through the list here, um, you know, I'll just start off by asking you about this guy. And I had him on the podcast, and... He's one of those dudes. He's not the greatest fighter. He didn't have the greatest balance, but man, I just I don't know what it is. I just loved watching him uh, or watching his fights. I should say, and I think probably because I had him on the podcast, I'm a bit biased. But old Curtis Cowboy Swanson, you fought him. What was it like fighting him? <laughs> Curtis, uh, awkward actually. It was awkward fighting him because um, technically, like for my fighting uh, ability, I always liked fighting big big guys right and um then i could have lots to pull and punch from and with curtis i'd just pull him right you know he would just fall over and our fights were not great which is probably good for him um you know uh i think uh fuck my hats off to the guy because man i couldn't believe like he just fight everyone and he was young and and like, I thought, he's lucky, I think, that he, he didn't get really fucking hurt <laughs> by some of us, you know, because I've seen guys get really fucking hurt. And, uh, but uh, good guy off the ice, like, it's actually funny. He, 
he said something, he, he made a comment the other day, maybe it was on your thing and something about me giving him a cheap shot or something. <laughs> and I told him, you know, he can go to counseling for that. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, he's just a good guy. I, I actually heard a story and it was kind of cool to hear that. And, uh, you know, the guy's got balls as big as a cement truck. So, uh, you know, good for him. You know, oh yeah, and, for sure. He came into the league. I want to say at like 19 years old. Like just talk yeah, about going right. right into the fucking jungle right off the rip there. Yeah, yeah right. And like, fuck, who is this guy? You know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's just this kind of skinny dude with this long hair, and he'd just come he's, in just, <laughs> with the shit kickers on and everything, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember seeing the guy after we're going to a fucking after hours, and I, I think, and you know, we all usually got pretty dressed up, you know, and he's just like cowboy bob you know ready to go <laughs> got my fucking plaid shirt on you know i love it you know because he's a west boy and uh but yeah it's it's uh yeah, guy's got a lot of balls you know oh and, for sure uh, yeah um another guy you fought that year well, well we just put we well we already talked about Derek parker so we'll skip him um <laughs> uh but you fought jason payne what was it like fighting him jason payne you know what I only fought him once, and um, you know what? It was uh, – you can see the fight. I, I'll walk you through it, you know. So next time you're watching, you know what happens. Brad Lambert had fucking knocked him silly before that. So it's like chess, eh, when you're playing other tough teams to get somebody out, right? Get him out. Get him out of the game. He's got one fight. Get the second, so he's gone. So I went after uh, Painter, and uh, – Usually, I, you know, always fought Dubé or whoever else the fuck was, <laughs> you know, their tough guy. But, um, yeah, so I, I lined up with Painter. I'm like, hey, we're going to go. And he's like, no. And you know what? I, I really respect the guys a lot with the no, okay, until they fucking lied, you know. And you'll see some of my fights where I jump people, and there's usually a story behind that, right? And people yep. never get the fucking story. You know, but I got the story and so does that guy, you know? And uh, so when people think I'm not fair, fuck them, because I know I am, you know? I know uh, what people get, with, you know, what they put out, they get back, you know? And uh, <clears throat> so I respected his no, you know, and I was skating away and then he's like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I wasn't fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was on, you know, I, you know, my gloves were off and it was on and he, uh, he's a very, uh, he's a fast puncher. Um, but yeah, it was a good fight until, uh, we fucking tripped and I got his head, he head butted my chin. It was, uh, so I got, I ended up like with two cuts from that fight, but, uh, yeah, it was good. Like he didn't hurt me. Um, He's just a uh, good, good guy. You know, I, I think most people were good. You know, um, one guy I never fought that I, I almost fought in the stands a bunch of times. I, I can't figure out why we never fought was Craig Martin. And I think he was, oh, really? I, you know, when, 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 like I fucking challenge people, eh? like, <laughs> and I don't think tough guys, like really tough guy, like Craig and those guys get used to people challenging them, you know? I don't know, but we never did fight, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe there's still time we can do like an alumni game or something, but, uh, you know, and I never fought Terrio and I never fought Sugden and, you know, but it's like, 
well, but I was fighting Desert Mo and I was fighting this guy, you know? And it's like, where do you, uh, you know? And it's like, then you got Dino on your team and fucking LaBelle and you got Marassi. So everyone's, yep. you know, you can't fight everybody. Well, no, you? and it gets to a point where it's like a DMV, pick a number and wait in line. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, did they fight me? Ask them that. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you brought him up earlier, and of course, he went on to have you know the uh, the small stint in the UFC and everything like that, and absolute wars with Morasti. But you fought Steve Bosse. What was it like fighting him? Yeah, good actually. You know, um, I had met Steve. Um, I had a girlfriend that used to date him, and and uh, I met him in street clothes at one time, and uh, his English wasn't very good, and he's in shape. And he's, he, uh, I was with this French roommate that I had that was about his age and they knew each other. So we're at this club and Steve, he's like, I want to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know Like if he wanted to fight right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. And, but he meant in high on the ice and, uh, that he was going to play in the league the next year. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, maybe you should start with one of those littler guys, you know, build your way up. But, you know, he came in guns a blazing and I fought him, uh, in, uh, when he was with Verdun and, uh, it wasn't much of a fight, you know, but, uh, I'm glad because, like fuck i love the guy i love him i you know same thing with dean me and dean fought but it was never really that much of a fight and uh you know but uh yeah so i don't know um he uh went on to do really well i know that and uh i respect the guy a lot he's got a good heart that's for sure so absolutely Um, yeah so, you know, this guy, and unfortunately, he just passed away recently. Um, and Brandon Yes, Brandon Christian. You knew exactly who it was. So what was it like playing? And I've heard very, I guess we'll say, mixed reviews on Brandon Christian. Um, you know what? Uh, I think what I know of Brandon was not much, right? Like, I, I fought him. You know, I know uh, he kind of got cheap on me because, like, I won the fight. And it was over, but he kept, you know, after the fact, and which happens, right? I've done it. Everyone does it, you know, but uh, that was my introduction to him. And I love big guys. I fucking love fighting big guys. They're slow. I'm fast. I'm a big, fat, like I'm a bigger, faster guy. So um, anyways, uh, I had met him at John Delisle's uh, funeral. Joe Delisle. Uh, he died in a car accident. And uh, I went with Mike Journey. And uh, so I met him there, but I never really had much to do with him. Um, what I do know is that uh, it's fucking wrong, you know? You don't shoot somebody nine fucking times because he's right. waving a hockey stick in duress. And uh, nobody deserves that shit, you know? And I, I have some of that shit in my own life right now that I'm addressing. And and this is all part of it. That's why I'm alive today. I'm a three-time suicide survivor. I'm very open about every aspect of my life, especially now. I'm kind of done carrying everything around and uh, having other people dictate or or talk about me when I got my own voice. 
you know, and, and, and I'm not afraid to use that and back it up. And, uh, you know, no fucking police, no fucking, uh, politician, no, no fucking coach is better than me or you. And, uh, you know, I think there needs to be more honesty in the world and more accountability, especially at that fucking level. You know, when you carry a fucking gun that you better have a fucking serious reason to use it. And uh, there needs to be a big change in policing, and I'm a part of that right now, um, you know. So, um, but yeah, we don't need to get into my whole story. But yeah, I mean, I have been shot too, and by a cop, and uh, crazy because I dated a cop in this town, the same town, and uh, that's all part of it too, you know, or possibly. And uh, there's there's sick people too, right? They're not exempt from uh, being fuck ups, you right? Know? Or, or drug addiction or alcoholism or, you know, infidelity issues or, you know, but uh, they fucking certainly lie and cover it up as much as they do. And uh, it's good. You know, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good that George Floyd died, you know, right. But uh, it certainly uh, has helped with, uh, bringing light to the darkness, right? And then there's a lot more of that shit that goes on than uh, than people know, right? Like, it's a real thing. And, and, you know, every fucking one of those people should have a body camera on. They should have to answer for their bullets. They should have to answer for their actions, you know, especially in that position, that job. You know, if you're fucking scared of a man, then you shouldn't be in that fucking job, man. You got guns, you got fucking bulletproof vests, you got all the training and fucking weaponry in the world, and you need to shoot somebody nine fucking times. And then you have the audacity to print his fucking height and weight in the fucking news. Like, suddenly that justifies it? Like fucking vilifying us? Vilifying us? You know, I'm the guy that was supposed to get a fucking medal of bravery for saving people's lives, for jumping in a fucking car that was on fire to save people. You know? And I couldn't access help in my own fucking community, Brandon. Like, that's shameful, you know? And that's all on record, and it's all coming out. And, uh, you know, it's... uh, Yeah, it's going to be a really good year, you know? It's my uh, 44th year of my life, and uh, this is the 44th podcast of your show and uh i'm very big on that number and uh, you'll see why in my book if you uh ever uh, get a copy as soon as i get it done and out the door here so it is done but um just waiting on getting it published here next and uh probably a little more editing but i got a dog that's chewing my leg zeus stop it <laughs> yeah so cute (laughs) oh yeah yeah. um but yeah it's unfortunate what happened with uh with brandon christian um disgraceful just a a couple more guys i want to ask you about i'll ask you about three more here um well one of them i want to ask why the hell you fought him so many times but was jacques dubé (laughs) i you know what i because you know what every like they chanted his name and uh I don't know. I just, I don't know. He's one of those guys that, yeah, I was fighting him every game, you know, and uh, <laughs> nothing personal. I actually have him on Facebook and he's dating a friend of mine. And, uh, 
and I love them. So uh, I, I look forward to going out there and seeing them this year, actually. So, uh, you know, uh, man, that's the job, eh? Like, and he's the pride of the team. So why else wouldn't I want to fight him, you know? And, uh, yeah. But he sure came along. Like, the respect I have for him is second to none. Like, when I came into the league and I first fought him, that guy could barely skate. Well, he was like a bouncer, like a strip club bouncer or some shit, right? Before they brought him onto the team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm kidding you not. Like, he was pigeon-toed, fucking bent over, stick on the ice, like could barely fucking get out there when I first fought him. Like, almost embarrassing. Like, I would pull him once and he would fall and that would be the end of it. So I was kind of, oh, okay. You know, <clears throat> but over time, man, I came back. I could not believe he was the same guy. And uh, tough. Like, he can take a fucking punch. You know? So I have all the respect in the world for guys like that. You know, like, he really he really knew what he wanted to do. And he did it. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Another guy you fought and you actually KO'd him was uh, Jeff Hansen. Good story behind that. Yeah, Jeff Hansen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's karma at its finest right there. Um, you know, that's when uh, I think Dean had broken his hand and Morasti had gone up. I think he he went to play in the American League or I don't know what happened. But uh, I think 05, I think that would have been, he would have been with Danbury out in the UHL. Okay, yeah. And... Uh, Actually, I was kind of off the team. I had a little incident. I was a crazy bugger, eh? And, uh, but, yeah, all of a sudden, they needed me. <laughs> so I hadn't played in, like, three weeks or skated, and I showed up, and um, I fought Gerald, Gerald Mariorty. He was, uh, it was his uh, first game <clears throat> against us in the league, and, and I didn't know who he was. But you knew, you know, here's these two new tough guys, right? And... Uh, on Verdun. And um, so I fought Gerald first. And Gerald actually, you can see in my life, I never fucking hardly ever switched up. You know, I was pretty one dimensional. I was throwing heavy rights. And, and um, but I started experimenting a little more because guys were so, you know, they knew, right? <laughs> they watch out for his right. And, you know, if they get past that, they were safe. So, I started throwing a left jab, you know, at the start and, you know, trying to switch gears, you know, on the least, on the lesser st strong guys, you know, try and switch up or whatever. But you can see with Gerald, we go toe to toe. We're both throwing rights and we get kind of like, we both, we, we miss. And then you can see, I pull my left back to fucking throw a left <laughs> I get my left pulled back and, you know, he tags me, you know, so he caught me on the chin and down I go and, uh, you know, good fight. Good job, Gerald. Right. And, uh, there was no bad blood. Uh, there was respect and I went to the box, you know, he's a tough guy and, uh, I have no shame in, you know, getting caught the odd time by a tough guy, you know, and, uh, it happens. So, but I'm in the box and they had, uh, Pelche was the coach and they sent, he sent Jeff Hansen over with a bag of ice. And this is in Sorrel, right? <laughs> at, at our rink and uh, throws a bag of ice at me. 
as to say, you know, fucking put it on your head kind of thing. And uh, I lost my mind. And because uh, I wasn't emotionally mad or upset until then. And when I lose my shit, I lose my shit. So we both got 10 minute misconducts, me and Jeff. <clears throat> and uh, so the game was one goal game until the end. There was six seconds or something like that left. And we got an empty netter and fuck, I was on the ice. I didn't, there was no celebration. I was on the fucking, I was sitting there, <laughs> get out here. <laughs> I was so mad. And he came out that little shit and he's fucking laughing and smiling. And like, he's going to give it to me. Right. Like, fuck, he didn't know it was coming. And, uh, yeah, I got him pretty good. But uh, I think that was his last game finish his career, I think. But uh, I ran into his uncle here in Brandon. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> yeah, small world. And uh, his uncle always hears about all the fights that he won, right? So uh, I have this picture of me with Jeff. And <laughs> so I gave it to this his uncle. <laughs> To send it to him at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Should have autographed yeah. it to him. Yeah. Yeah. I gifted it to him. So yeah. And then we went skating uh, outdoors and his uncle uh, dropped his gloves with me, sent a, another picture for fun. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't have any bad blood. I hear Jeff's doing good. I hear he's uh, coaching in the WHL, which is great. Um, helping kids, helping young men become men, which is uh, always a good thing. But yeah. Well, the last guy I'll ask you about, and I'll get you on your way here. I've kept you for almost an hour and a half at this point. Um, but it's big Roger Maxwell. You fought him a couple times, actually. What was it like fighting him? Roger Maxwell, I have no respect for, man. Seriously, like, I was so dumbfounded. And I'll tell you why. This is where we go, me and Roger. <clears throat> I'm in El Paso. This is when I got traded to El Paso. And, I mean, I was beating everybody. And and <laughs> I get down there. It's a totally new division. I think Alex Stoyanov and Jay Bannett were in New Mexico you know, so I give, you know, I fought Big Bird. Big Bird was my buddy, but, you know, I did well against Big Bird. And, but I heard of this Roger Maxwell that was a terror. He was this terror in the league, I was told. Um, and I look at his stats and, yeah, you know, like I think he was AHL or whatever, he was a big boy. And, and I went out to fight him, man. Like that was, that's my fucking job. And, um, he did not want to fight. Like I chased that guy around El Paso barn, like all night. And, uh, you know, he would act tough to everyone else. As soon as I'm on the ice, nothing. And, uh, and, uh, so I slew footed him, <laughs> you know, like, fuck you, you know? And, uh, then that got his goat and now he's going to fight me. Now he's, he's, we're both in the penalty box and he's now he's going to get me. Right. And I'm laughing because fuck, I, I was ready to fight you in fucking warm up, dude. You know, <laughs> this is exactly what I want, Roger, <laughs> you know, and we get out of the penalty box and he came at me like, rather than like, let's square off and do this. Right. He fucking jumps at me like Goldberg spears me you know and i actually have that picture <laughs> i just got it the other day and and uh 
yeah, you can see the refs trying to separate us. Like he tried to take out my fucking eyeball and I got a scar from that. And, uh, so I, I have no fucking respect for that guy. And, uh, you know, I have less respect for myself. I did say some racial slurs. Um, uh, I'm not racist, but, uh, I was uh, pretty hot and heated. I guess if you can imagine somebody trying to dig out your eyeball, you'd probably feel the same. So, I mean, I heard good things about him through other guys, but, I mean, that's the experience that I had with Roger. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure he's a good guy. But, you know, I guess uh, I caught him on a bad day. But I, I could never figure out if he was so tough. Why, you know, why would you make it so hard for us to fight, you know? And... Uh, yeah, so I, I think there, again, is like these these tough guys that don't get challenged. They get to walk around like the big dog and be a bully. But, I mean, fuck, fuck man, I faced, I faced my fear as a child, you know. <laughs> you know, I uh, nobody hit harder than my old man. So, you know, I was never intimidated, you know, by getting hit, you know. So, yeah. Well, man, yeah, I, that's there we have it. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, talk about your career, man. It's told some great stories. I think people are going to really enjoy it. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I wish everyone a good uh, 2021 and uh, to stay safe. And, and uh, I hope we come together more, you know, as a society. As, uh, and I hope we can, you know, start sticking up for the little guys a little more, you know, and uh, holding these world leaders and politicians a little more accountable for their actions or inactions. Right. Well, real but, quick, before I let you go, when can people expect your book to be out? Uh, I give myself a year now, like when I started this new year, I want to have it out when I'm 44. Yeah. So it'll be this year. <clears throat> awesome, man. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was a great time. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, well, you have yourself a good... Uh, what was it? What time is it? Oh, good evening. We're at evening now at this point. Saturday, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday time night. To, there you go. Time to nap. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. that's, that's exactly probably what I'm going to do before I go meet the in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so much chronic pain that, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I need to, like, medicate and sleep and relax and that... Uh, that does me fine. I uh, I did enough partying. <laughs> right. Well, now you yeah. got the, now you got that puppy to keep you up too. Yeah, that's for sure, man. Let's take cool. it easy, brother. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, having me do the show. You gotta fight for your right.